0: Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional super glue and co-founder of Manifest. Manifest is a resource platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional communities to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now, less us Welcome back to another episode of Let's Feast. Joining me for this conversation on staying motivated, building confidence in your career, and how being a software quality assurance maven led her to become Director of Engineering Product Infrastructure at Etsy is Aurelie McSweeney. Before we get into conversation with Aurelie, my one reminder is for you to remember to show us some love and leave a five-star review after you listen. Now let's talk to Aurelie. Welcome to Les Manifest Podcast, Arlie. How are you? I am doing so well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Well, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm excited to have you on here because we've been trying to record for months. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm happy that the stars have aligned and our schedules have aligned to make this happen.
1: Me too. I'm very excited about this and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, most definitely.
0: Well, before we get into the nitty gritty, I, I personally, I have to say, it's not Araleigh. It is <laughs> Yeah. So let's put some respect on Araleigh's name. And I want everyone to know when you see the spelling, you're going to be like, oh, okay, makes sense. But it's pronounced Araleigh. So my apologies, Araleigh. Sure. Thank um, you. Yeah, no worries. I'm like, we live in a time and age of pronouns and everybody's like, you know, how do they want to be? identified. And then when people see even my name, they're like Kim Richards. And I'm like, nope, that's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's okay. Um, but again, we are going to kick off this conversation with a quick game of this or that. And this is just my way of starting the conversation. Yeah. So you're going to say whatever comes to mind. And you're going to say it quickly. You're not going to think about this. <laughs> this is probably going to be the easiest thing you have to do all day. So <laughs> okay, ready. you're ready. All right. So the first one, Snapple or Arizona iced tea? Arizona iced tea. That's a throwback. I love it. Mobile games or video console games? Video console games. Talk or text? Talk. Hmm. Cardio or weight training? Weight training. Oh, nice. Cake or pie? Cake. When you're walking, music or podcast? Music. Laundry or dishes? Dishes. All right. And the last one, online shopping or shopping in a store?
1: Ah, shopping <laughs> in a
0: store, <laughs> but it ain't no more.
1: <laughs> Exactly.
0: I'm like, there's nothing like taking the time to go into the store to touch, to feel, to walk around, figure out if you like it, try it on. Like, Definitely. And I have to say, like, it's there's nothing like it for jeans, you know? Oh my goodness. For the jeans, we need that. I'm, <laughs> I'm struggling because having to buy things online, I'm a person who hates to return and I think people are over me because I'm like, I got to return it. Sorry. It just doesn't, it doesn't fit the way that I needed to, or I just don't like it. You know, like it looks good online and then I get it. I'm like, nope, goes goes back. Well, now that we've learned a little bit about what you prefer, let's get started with three fun things most people don't know about you.
1: Okay. Uh, and I really thought about this. So a lot of people don't know that I have worked with a vocal coach for about seven years now. Wow, um, Seven years, except last year. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, I would meet with her once a week and uh, she's a classically trained opera singer and she would teach me classical techniques so that I could sing jazz or pop or R&B, whatever. Oh, so do you sing? i i i sing at work or at karaoke or something like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man that's pretty dope though and then what are some other things
1: people don't know oh sure so um i like travel um mm-hmm. but i don't like traveling to be a tourist so i'm not looking to scratch off like th- 200 countries off my list or have 200 stamps in my passport, I'm always looking for travel with meaning, right? Mm. And so one of the things that one of the big trips that I have planned, so it hasn't happened yet. But one of the big trips that I have planned is I want my family, I want us to do our ancestry, for example, I want us to find out where in Africa we're connected to. And then I Mm. want to take my family there.
0: Oh, that's dope. I like that. I think that that's really important, especially with everything that's happening. I believe it was, maybe it was two years ago now where um, Rondell Holder did a trip where they did like back to Africa. I think a a few people are going like back to Ghana, back to Nigeria, back to Sierra Leone and these different places. But I believe he went back specifically to Ghana once he found out that that was his ancestry and he documented it. And it was pretty, I think it was pretty powerful just seeing that he was able to find exactly where I was like, "Wow,
1: okay, I would, I would love
0: that experience." So I'll let you know how it goes. Let me know how it goes for sure. And I think that a lot of people listening are probably going to wonder, which is my, <laughs> sec- I'm like my second question that I always like to ask um, guests, and they're probably waiting for it. The second question is, what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? Mm-hmm. But I want you to noodle on that first part because okay. I do want you to answer like the one A to that question because I read your your um <clears throat> your LinkedIn profile. I went and I reviewed it and I see that you had a or you still do have a passion for quality assurance and it began during your last year of college where you help others qualify their capstone projects. Yeah, and it, yeah, and it seems like you know. And maybe it's just me, but reading that, I was like, hmm, I'm gonna say that you possessed a rather inquisitive and strategic mind at an early age <laughs> because some people they come into to learning um what they like earlier on and then they actually pursue it later in life. So there's a little, a little bit of curiosity at some point in our lives, and then we may not fully explore it, but then there's something that happens that triggers us exploring it. So I do want to, to go back to that question of whether or not you did possess this um, strategic mind, if you will, like you were into solving problems and such at, a, at an early age, but what is the advice that you would give to your 16-year-old self? And then you can answer that question.
1: Sure. Um what is the advice I would give to myself? Uh, for first, I just want to take a minute and just affirm. I want to affirm who I was at 16. Um, at 16, I knew that I wanted to work in tech. I was living in Central America in a country called Belize. And I just knew that I want to move to New York City. I want to work with computers. And that was that was my kind of North Star. That was my guiding. Um, that was my compass, really. And so she had a vision at 16 and I just wanted to affirm that I was Mm -hmm. pretty optimistic at 16 as well. But I would Mm. say if I were to go back, I would probably advise my 16 year old self to maybe work harder at school. Like I had all of these creative interests and particularly at 16, my, my work suffered. I was able to recover a lot of that at 17 and 18, but 16, I would definitely say, Oh, you know what? You should definitely work harder in your schoolwork. Hmm.
0: And when you say suffered, because you had create creative interests, what what were those
1: interests? Sure. Um. I liked at that time. I liked writing anything: poetry, songs, plays. One time, I wrote. I stayed up all night because I wanted to make a newspaper. And if you're oh, staying up gosh. all night to make a newspaper, then you didn't do your homework. And I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I have <laughs> to get that. Once I get that creative buzz, it's like I have to get it out hmm. So
0: then again, so then answering that question about, you know, whether or not you have this strategic, innovative, inquisitive mind, it seems like if you're writing a newspaper, it was something there. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, I definitely had a curious mind. I love to read. I read every book in our house. Um, once, uh, once we because I was living in a third world country, once we got access to the internet, I just started reading as much as possible. So I was always very Uh, inquisitive. I was like a middle child. So Mm -hmm. a lot of things I found that I had to figure out for myself. Um, Mm -hmm. So always very inquisitive, always very curious, always observant. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that those are actually really good life skills to always be observant, always to be curious, always growing, always learning. I do think that that helps, especially as we get older, um, because we do live in a world where there's so much other cultures, so many other experiences that we can glean from and they can help us be better. So I like that you were already doing this and it just, I guess, helped you to continue to be who you are and then to further explore, which we're gonna get into um, your current role Mm -hmm. as Director of Engineering Product Infrastructure at Etsy. But before we get into that juicy part, You mentioned that you were living in Belize. I'm guessing you're originally from Belize? Yes, I was born and raised in Belize. Awesome. That's awesome. And I'm like, shout out to all the Belizeans that are listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's pretty dope. And what made you choose a CUNY school? So for those that do not know what CUNY is, that is the City University of New York. And I noticed that you actually started your um, undergraduate education at City College, and then you went over to Baruch for graduate school. And a lot of people that are not familiar with um, New York City school structure, they wouldn't realize that those are amazing schools, first of all. However, sometimes people that come from abroad they're more drawn to like
1: the NYUs. So, what made you choose CUNY? Oh, um, well, CUNY as a whole, I chose that because I we didn't have the budget for an NYU, and uh, we did, but we did have a family friend who had graduated from City College like in years past, and what from what they described about the school, the Nine Nobel Prize laureates—the just the the milestones that the school had gone through, um, first starting out as a free Jewish college and then kind of converting into this, the parent really, the mother of all CUNY colleges. Um, I, I found that the, I found that history and that background to be inspiring, and I gave City College a shot, and I stayed. <laughs> and I'm sure that
0: you had an excellent time there. And then I'm guessing that, based on that that wonderful experience that you got at City College, you were like Baruch is next in line <laughs> because Baruch is one of the best business schools in the uh, well under the CUNY umbrella.
1: That is correct. Um, my time at City College. So for uh, for anyone who's who's maybe uh, listening to this podcast and you moved here from somewhere else, City College is like the UN. You're gonna meet someone from everywhere there. And everybody's going to be smart and intelligent and you'll you'll learn a lot. So I definitely good. vote for it.
0: Yeah, which is good. And and again, it helps you to get acclimated, I would think, too, to New York City as well, because New York City is the melting pot. Yeah. So being a part of a school or being a, a student at a school like that, I think that really helps with the learning curve, because some people may come here and get culture shock. (laughs) They're like, what is going on? (laughs) What is going on here? There's so much happening. Uh, But it seems like you acclimated well. And it seems as if you continue to nurture and grow, you know, that inquisitive side of yourself and almost also tap into other sides, right? Because Mm -hmm. when I was reading a little bit more about you, what I've discovered is that, you know, you've been at Etsy for quite some time and working in working in tech, yes. I will say that you've probably at this point, you're grandfathered in, right? Because people don't stay at tech companies for seven years. You've been there for a while.
1: I've been there seven years. And, you know, if I can just dig into that a little bit, I will be transparent yeah. when I, when I... Accepted the offer letter seven years ago, I, I thought, oh, two years and I'm moving on. And two years came and I got offered more responsibility. And then two years came, more responsibility. So <laughs> it just I kept getting this feeling of having a new job, but without changing the work address, if that right. makes sense. And that, that feels
0: really good. That's actually really good that you say that because for people that are listening, and you know, again, the 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 fallacy, if you will, is that a lot of people go to tech companies, and you're supposed to get what you can get and leave, and then go somewhere else and make somewhere else better. So they they don't always look at tech companies as companies where you will quote unquote retire from. They look at it kind of as the companies that help you build your resume, and right. you you take what you can and you leave but you've been building your resume right there and i feel that etsy is home i'm i'm going to say that <laughs> etsy is home i had the opportunity to visit the etsy oh. office in brooklyn and that office space was pretty dope the location amazing and i felt when i went in there i was like there's a lot of creative energy in this place yes. you know um and and again energy is everything to me so i felt like this is a cool place to be. So I'm guessing that that's partly why
1: you stayed for seven, <laughs> for seven years too. The, the creative buzz is definitely something you feel when you walk in in the building. But I think um, just piggybacking off what you said about like how people approach working at tech companies, I think maybe, maybe the different thing that I did was that I, I found ways to give. So I wasn't just kind of taking from my employer. Like I, I helped start employee resource groups and the diversity Ooh. initiative at Etsy. So there were there were things that I was committed to helping build within that company and kind of making it better for, for people of color. And so maybe that's why I stayed as well.
0: Oh my goodness. I am going to touch on that because that is something, this is actually how we were introduced because yes. of the work that you're doing through Etsy's employee resource group. So we're going to get back to that. But I do want you to kind of, Paint the picture. Tell us how you landed at Etsy. And would you say that Etsy is your dream job? Like wow. the, the role that you're doing there currently as director of engineering product infrastructure. Is that your dream job? Or is it more so that it's becoming closer to the the dream? Is it getting closer? Sorry, to the dream.
1: Okay. Where would you where do you want me to start? Tell us how you got there. Okay. Great. So, um, for everyone listening, I actually, after I finished City College, it was 2008. And for those of you who don't know, that was like smack in the middle of the recession um, in the US and it was super hard to find a job, but I did, I was fortunate and I found um, work at a small startup. Um, I stayed there for four years and to me that was a very long time from there I moved to what I thought was a much bigger glitzier, fancier media conglomeration mm-hmm. um, it's called wave maker now but I I found out immediately that I wasn't I wasn't happy I wasn't I didn't feel that the work that I was doing was you know inspiring or motivating to me um, but I I, I used the time to pick up other skills, right? So there were so many people working in this office, so many different generations of people. I figured out how to make friends across generations. I figured out how to kind of make something out of nothing in the workplace, because it was hard for me to feel motivated and inspired, but I did feel accountable for for the work that I was producing. Um, but I think the biggest skill that I picked up was reading. And at that time, I would read, I believe it was Forbes.com or something every day. Whatever the headline was on Forbes, I would read that. And one day, the headline was, Etsy and GitHub are investing in women in tech. And I was like, I'm a woman. I work in technology. I want to learn more. And I had never heard of either company before. And I went to both of their websites. I checked them out. And it turned out that Etsy was hiring for a quality assurance technician such as myself. And I applied and the rest is history. Wow. So application is just key. Sometimes people
0: miss that part. Some people think that a lot of people are getting jobs because they do. And I'm a huge, huge supporter of this way through their network. But there is... there are opportunities that all you have to do is just apply and you will go through the interview stages just like everyone else and you will get the job so i think it's important for people to know that you don't always have to rely on others to help you a lot of this comes from you helping yourself
1: definitely i would i 100 agree with you
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of people are, and again, I am a huge proponent uh, or a huge supporter of building community because your community really is supposed to be intentional and it should be valuable, and you, everyone, should be able to, you know, give and take and support each other in some way, shape, or form. However, don't just depend on the community to be the one that gets you into the door. Do the work yourself so that you are able to get into the door and then you can help someone else get into the door, but don't just rely solely on that. Right. Um, Yeah. So I'm like, that's something that I really wanted to say, but one of the things that I'm realizing is that, and I said this to you before we actually started recording is that there, there aren't still enough black (laughs) engineers. (laughs) Um, There aren't still enough black women in tech and, you know, you and I have the pleasure of being Black women in tech when this mm-hmm. was awesome. However, I'm sure part of the reason why you did start this Black, empl- well, employee resource group, not just Black employee resource group, but the employee resource group at Etsy was because you wanted to see more representation. So can you talk to us about how that came to be and what some of the cool work you're doing with the resource group?
1: Sure. So, um the um i'll just backtrack a little bit um i had been working at the company for about 2 years and i had just completed my burg mba i feel like you you highlighted that already mm-hmm. um and so my attention was fully on work now and i kept i kept realizing that i'm doing the work that i love to do at etsy but there's another part of me that i feel is missing there's a part of me that i feel like that like i can't be at work and that was that community spirit. So um, when I started working at Etsy in 2013, representation was not as 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 high as it is right now. And that left me feeling very lonely. But over time, um, more and more people of color started to be hired. And I had this idea that I would like to start an employee resource group. And I, um, at that point, I had built up enough internal, like, contacts in my network at Etsy, and so I asked everyone what they thought, I asked the general counsel, I asked the head of communications, I anyone <laughs> who would listen, I asked. It's like, this is something that I would really like to do. I think it would be meaningful to have this type of community at Etsy, and they were all pretty excited about it, and so we started off in the fall of 2015, and it became official in February, actually February 29th of 2016, so the last day. And it wasn't long like we were having such a great time in this community getting to know each other, but it wasn't long before Black Lives Matter 2016 showed up. And we Mm -hmm. were so happy that we had this community because we were we were a resource for each other, you know, and it, it was really it was really wonderful. And at that point, we started to see what a valuable thing we had built. And so we kept building. We kept building on bridge. Isn't it called BRIDGE? Yes, it's called BRIDGE, uh, which, <laughs> thank you, uh, it, the acronym is Black Resource Identity Group at Etsy. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and the inspiration for the name was I used to, whenever I was stressed, I would walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. And so, I didn't even know what the letters meant, but I knew I was going to name it Bridge.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look at, you see, tapping back into that creative energy that you had from childhood. You see that? Look at that. That's pretty dope. And I remember attending, um, and and again, as an external person coming into a Bridge event, it was a holiday market Mm. that was hosted, and there were small businesses there, and of course, you know, everyone knows that Etsy is basically a marketplace for small businesses, but having them in person, to me, it was a whole other vibe because I still actually support a few of the businesses that I bought from during that marketplace. I love that. hmm it was, it was really, really good. The way that you guys did it, excellent. Very well done. Um, and the people that I met there, you know, again, talking about community and bringing people together... The people that I met there, we still are able to keep in touch through social media, some people through actual text, just checking in, but
1: it was a really good event. Wonderful. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And Mm -hmm. just the fact that you you talk about the growth. So in the time that I spent at Etsy, you mentioned seven years. uh, The one thing that was important to me being involved with this group was that every year we needed to grow. We needed to expand our impact. We needed to support Black sellers in new and different ways. And I'm ex- super happy to, to be able to share with you, Kim, that that holiday market that you went to that time, that has grown and blossomed into its very own presence on Etsy.com all the time. Wow. So that Black sellers can be supported all the time, not just during the holidays, all the time that's amazing. And this is again, your brainchild. Yeah. This is your brainchild.
0: How dope, but you know what? Shout out to you for actually... No, because we need to give people their roses while they can smell them. And it's pretty awesome that you had the vision that you were persistent and you said, you know what, I want to be able to get this done. But you didn't want to just have it be for those that were internal. You were also thinking company-wide, like how can the company benefit from this as well? How can we pour back into communities? Because when you start to support the businesses that are on the platform, that also helps with the messaging of Etsy, right? Like people start to socialize more about how cool the the experience has been and why others should get on the platform. And then more economic opportunities are created because of that. So thank you for being the one that actually saw a
1: need and filled it. You're you're welcome. And I, I think that it was never more needed more so than in 2020. So Mm -hmm. when everything started kind of going left last year, um, at the company, we were just all very thankful that so much of the foundational work to support DNI and people of color was already in place at Etsy.
0: I'm going to say you should add to your LinkedIn profile visionary Uh (laughs) because, you know, you were taking those walks across the bridge and you were like, you know, you were stressing Mm -hmm. whatever was happening was happening personally for you. But there was a vision that was bursting forward, you know, like based on those walks, here it is now that bridge is a real thing and others are benefiting from it. And it continues to grow on, I'm sure, a daily, a weekly, monthly basis. The company is seeing return on the investment in you and in your vision.
1: Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. You are you are welcome. <laughs> um,
0: but again, so let's talk, let's continue the, talking through the fact that, you know, you're able to get this started. You've been doing amazing things at Etsy. But like you said, sometimes you're stressed. You got to take that walk across the bridge. Yeah. So what are some of the things that are not cool about being a black woman in your mm.
1: career? Mm. Oh, um, I think I think what I have to say will probably resonate with a lot of your listeners. But I think the first thing is definitely the fact that you're different. It just stands out. It's just very obvious that you're different because you know, we have like physical qualities that are just noticeably different. So you feel different a lot. Um, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to get used to that. A lot of people um, struggle with that. I definitely struggled with it at first. and then I started realizing that that same discomfort that you feel, it's also the same discomfort you feel when you're outside of your comfort zone.
0: So, yeah.
1: it's you know, people always say get get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I was like, OK, well, I am that's what I've been doing. So, <laughs> um, so being different is it's just noticeable um, and not just your looks, also your background. Maybe you didn't maybe you didn't vacation in the Hamptons. Maybe you didn't go to Harvard or something like that. So sometimes your background is what's different, too. Um, and of course, if your background is different than how you view the world and even your body language, it's just, it's just different.
0: Absolutely. yeah, Absolutely. And, and those are the things that sometimes people may not fully understand. Body language is a huge thing, exactly. especially now virtually, right? Like some people don't give enough credit to the fact that <laughs> you can still read body language mm-hmm. through the screen, you know? So you do have to be you have to be mindful of these things. But then again, going back to being a person that's always interested in learning, you should ask certain questions. If you do realize something that may be a little off to be like, "Hmm, I noticed you do this, what's that about? So, (laughs) Learn and grow and be more um, understanding of cultural differences and, and, you know, other things that someone else may have experienced in the past, like, again, just being mindful, I think helps to be a better overall human being and just kind to people. But this is the time that I do find many people are learning about themselves, learning where they fit uh, or where they do not fit, learning, um, you know, if, if a company truly aligns with their goals and and with who they are growing to be, because there are some companies, I can speak for myself, you know, like I've joined a company where I thought the mission aligned with me. And then when I got there, the energy and the culture was toxic. And I was like, this does not align with who I am Mm -hmm. at all. And I had to leave. And it was important for me to not be consumed by the name of the company, but more so by what my values are and to remain authentic to myself. Okay. And some people are like, why did you leave, girl? I'm like, yeah. uh-huh.
1: <laughs> that's a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent true. Like you you highlight the fact that I've been at Etsy for such a long time and it really wouldn't have worked if there wasn't something about the company that I saw in myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's really important. It's really, really important. And then I
0: would ask you, how do you remain confident in your career choice? Because again, this is a time where so many people are like, "I love doing this, but I don't know if I'm really, you know, interested in continuing to do this."
1: Well, you you actually, before I get into that, you asked me another question. You were like, "Is is this your dream job?" And right. I would say that landing the first role at Etsy, that that was that was my dream. That c- completed the vision that I had as a sixteen year old, the New York plus tech part that was the dream then i think that what i'm doing now is is beyond my dreams this is this is wilder than i dreamed (laughs) so i think that's great but that's good but it's also it's also that very familiar feeling for me which is like okay i'm outside of my comfort zone again um Mm -hmm. and i think that i i feel confident about that because i've spent time cultivating um a presence at etsy and helping to shape the company into like when i say company i mean the workplace into what it is and what it feels like to work there so i do feel confident that i have support systems i do feel confident that i can be effective but i'm sure i'm very confident also that i will be challenged like this is this is new So the role that I'm in now, which is director of engineering, it's effectively a career change for me, which is stepping outside of the quality assurance and testing and immersing myself within engineering. And that's that's exciting, new and challenging.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm sure you're going to find a way to master this and Mm -hmm. to make it it fun while you do it, because it does seem like, you know, you have to have a little fun while you're working. Um, So I'm sure you're going to find a way to do that and to do it with excellence, of course, because. That is always the goal, right? Everything we do to do it with excellence. But as we start wrapping up our conversation, I wanted to ask you if you had any advice for those that may be pursuing a career in either engineering or quality assurance.
1: Sure. So... If you I have I have a few things that I've that I've thought about to share with everyone. And I think that if you have the opportunity in like, depending on where you are in school or about to graduate, or maybe you're just in your first role, um, I, I look at the market, I look at the industry and the trends. And if you're still studying, you might want to consider uh, data science or machine learning, those are poised to, to just take off in the next few years. Um So I would encourage people to really think about what part of engineering they want to dig into and build their expertise in, because it's super important. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of those fields require quality assurance. I spent 2018 and 2019 working at Etsy, trying to develop what quality assurance for our data science practice would look like. So um, pretty much wherever there's work to be done, there's always the quality assurance aspect of that work. And I think that it's such a great question that you ask Kim, because a lot of people, like when I was in college, no one was talking about quality and software testing. Right, They were just right. talking about the engineering part. So I, I think it's super important that you highlight that. Um, another piece of advice that I have for future engineers, it's like once you've decided that this is the path for you, um, you want to kind of start setting up your your life. I guess in this in this in this pandemic age that we're in right now, that would mean set it set up your social media to fit mm. life and the career you're working toward. So it's great mm. that if you follow like two or three celebrities, but after that, you want to make sure if you're into cloud technology for some or something like that, then you want to make sure you're following Kelsey Hightower. You want to set things up around you to kind of reflect your future world, really. So, um I think that that's a that's a pretty big one. i I use that one a lot. I think it's really important um, as engineers, whether it's your first job or you know, maybe you're in grad school or something, it's really important to know that you're going to make mistakes. And I think the most important thing about that in tech is being able to own it, being able to communicate it, and being able to communicate that you can resolve and move forward from the mistake that you made. I think that's important in any career, but it's even more important in tech.
0: Right, right. Intentional, intentional, intentional. <laughs> exactly. So Those are the things that, you know, again, you have to be during this time um, because there's so many things vying for our attention. And if we're not intentional about it, we will miss the mark. And we do need to pay attention to that and really dig down, find the time to dig down to say exactly what is it that I want and then start to kind of like back into the steps that it's going to take to get there.
1: Exactly. Kind of like reverse engineer the goal, right? Right, right, right. Well, my last question for you, which is my favorite
0: question to ask is what are you manifesting?
1: Ooh, (laughs) that's a surprise one. So what (laughs) am I manifesting right now? I am so this is this is a complete nod to the, to the advice section because it's completely tangential. Um, I actually didn't get to say this, but I, I also advise people to plan your career one, one year, three year, five years in. And so I'm manifesting right now the, the second part of my journey which is like after 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 director of engineering or whatever it is I'm going to be doing at Etsy, like what is next? So right. I, I love being I love having foresight. Um, You called it visionary. I just call it like having a long-term view. And I am manifesting now, like whatever my secondary career is going to be.
0: That is so dope. I love it. I love it. I'm a person that believes in you have to have a plan. Otherwise, you plan to fail. (laughs) Um, So I'm happy to know that you're already working on it. And it's already working itself out, which is the power of words, the power of thought, the power of manifestation. They all work together. And I'm so happy that we were able to not just talk about doing this, but now it has manifested. Yes. We have done it. And I'm super grateful for your time. And I just wanted to say thank you again for joining to have this conversation with me. I hope you've enjoyed it.
1: I had a great time. I'm sure your listeners are going to love the series that you've put together. And I, I, again, I just see a lot of wonderful things happening with you and your podcast. And I'm super happy we met Kim. I am so blessed to know you as well. And listeners, this is for you. Before
0: you get to the next episode of Less Manifest, please remember to leave your five-star review Then you want to share this podcast and you want to connect with Araleigh on social media using the info in the show notes. Then if you have any questions or you want to say thank you, you want to drop her a line and just let her know that you are also a part of this journey and you are appreciative of all that she's done. Or if you just have questions around how did she do it and you want to get deeper, I'm sure she would welcome that as well. So thank you, again for joining less manifest and until next time be well stay safe and keep those manifestations coming
1: all right wonderful thank you kim you are most welcome
0: thanks for listening to the manifest podcast before you go don't forget to subscribe rate and review this podcast share this with your family share this with your friends share this with your colleagues just share this with your entire community and until next time, let's manifest.